Hey, I'm Aaron Brewer. And I'm Andrea. And we were at a really, really dark point in our marriage last year. And we attended the Reconnect Marriage Conference virtually from our home in North Carolina. Yeah, it was it was great. We had kids running around. We had Don and Renee up on the TV screen. And we kind of entered it not knowing what to expect at all. But as the days just continued to unfold and the sessions began to run, we just found ourselves like softening and the practices that uh, they requested of us to do together as a couple individually and the tools that they left us with changed our marriage forever. Yeah, it really did. And I think my favorite part or session was uh, sitting face to face, practicing forgiveness. That was that was powerful. It was it was uh, really good for our girls to see. I think us doing something together in the home to work on our marriage, knowing hey, this is the time that we're doing this right now. And, and I think that it was just really a turning point for us in our marriage, for sure. Yes, it's a conference that I will never forget. I will cherish forever, and I will do it again. Absolutely. Well, hey, friends, you just heard a testimony from Aaron and Andrea who attended our virtual marriage retreat last year. And it's so incredible to hear how God uses even a virtual platform to do good work. If your marriage is in a tight spot, and trust me, mine has been in one itself for many years. <laughs> Don't give up. This could be the exact thing that you need. And the nice part of our virtual retreats is you can do it in your own time, your own space, and on your own and in private between you and your loved ones. We're praying for you. If this is something that you know your family, your marriage could use, just know there is a bunch of us praying that this will be something that you and your spouse will We'll look into our air, our virtual marriage retreat is a holistic approach to your marriage. You're gonna you're gonna bring your body too, and don't worry, you're not gonna have to, you know, you're not gonna be sore the next day. Well, maybe just a little because you're gonna move just a bit. But this is that mind body connection things. There's stuff that gets stuck inside of us. And in marriage, we bring our whole self to the other person in intimacy and into me, you see kind of ways. So check out our virtual uh, marriage retreat. It is live now, or you can sign up now and get, or if you are around Arizona, there's the actual in-person option with Dawn and Renee themselves over in Litchfield Park on June 10th through 12th. So if you're local to Arizona or wanna go to the retreat in person, can't express I can't stress that one enough my husband and I ourselves have been through it several times just to keep our marriage fresh and alive so check it out swipe up and get more details about our virtual marriage retreat you can get it now purchase it and have it on your own or consider looking into coming out here to Arizona today I am interviewing my friend Nicole Zazowski don't you love saying that name Nicole Zazowski reminds me of Monsters Inc. <laughs> I've told her this before. <laughs> Makes me so happy. She has her new book out. It's called What If? What If It's Wonderful? Release your fears, choose joy, and find the courage to celebrate. This is such an enticing title. I 
think what a fantastic way to look at our life from a different perspective. Instead of what if it's terrible? What if it goes wrong? What if, what if? We switch the what if to see what's possible here. So in this book, she takes us down from a therapist's point of view, the road of turning our fear of having joy or joy that we have turning into a disappointment, right? She's going to tell us why it's hard for us to contain joy, what we can do about it. There are going to be resources in this book, if you go and get it yourself, to actually put into practice how to live a celebration life. And you know, if you're here around us for long, we love to celebrate and it doesn't require big reasons to celebrate every day is a gift from the giver of life. So we hope this will bless you. Check out her book. You can swipe up to go get a copy, find out the um, other book that she has written as well, and connect with Nicole in all the places. I highly recommend her voice in your life if you are looking for this therapeutic approach to a holistic life. As a licensed counselor, she will bring that your way. All right, you guys, thank you to our donors and partners of this ministry. As you give monthly, thank you. If you give one time, you can do that at any time. If our resources are blessing you, if Revolution Wellness is renewing your mind and getting you to get whole and be well in your body, we would love any blessing you send. So thank you for that. And thank you for leaving reviews. That is a wonderful way to to help get this podcast out into other people's ears. All right. Have a great day and thanks for being here. Peace. Hey, Revelation Wellness community. It is another day to do some podcasting conversation with a new friend. This is actually an old friend of the house. She's been on before and she's my friend too. So this is a fun one when it's someone that I have shared space and time with, but we were in Boston. What, where were we in Boston? No, we weren't in Boston. Where were Vermont, we? Vermont. The country of Vermont. Yes. <laughs> we spent some wonderful time together in October. And at that point you were finishing up this book, right, Nicole? Or where were you? In yeah, it was, it was kind of between, we had done edits and in the merging lane of, of getting ready to share it and push it out into the world. So. And here she is. You guys, Nicole is our friend. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, an author, an adjunct professor, aren't you <laughs> fancy, a wife and a mom of three who lives in a small town outside of New York City. And she has written her, this is the second book. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Her second book. And it is titled, What If It's Wonderful? I truly love this title. I think I even told you this when we were in Vermont that is such a, a paradigm shift to look at things from a different perspective. And one of my two favorite words, it, if I tell my team, if you want to get me excited, say, <laughs> what if we, I'm in, as soon as someone yeah. says, what if, because it means we're going to look at this differently. And the subtitle mm-hmm. of the book is release your fears, choose joy and find the courage to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Oh, I'm always happy for an excuse to talk with you. I know, right? We had to schedule this in. We shouldn't, yes. it shouldn't take us this long. Okay, so why this book? What, give us the the you know the the momentum behind. What if it's wonderful? Mm. Yeah, people see confetti on the cover and read that title and think. Wow, joy and celebration must come really naturally <laughs> to mm-hmm, her. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully I am growing in that area. Um, 
but what what is more true is that this book was born out of a season that could largely be characterized by change and loss. Hmm. And when you go through a loss, there's the thing itself, what happened, whether it's mm-hmm. a loss of a loved one or a betrayal or mm-hmm. just a season that looked really differently than you hoped it would. Yeah. Um, and then there's the cost. And the cost is the impact to our sense of identity or our sense of safety. Wow. Yeah. And what took me a really long time to realize is that part of the cost of my own season of struggle was that my joy when I did encounter more breakthrough, more good news, my joy was accompanied by a lot of fear. Mm. Most people don't realize that joy Mm. is actually the most vulnerable feeling we feel. Mm. Um, And it can be easier not to hold something than to hold something that might break. Yeah. And I realized, I was so sad when I realized that, yes, a lot of the loss in my story was tangible loss, Mm. but a lot of the loss has been my refusal to fully engage with my life. Wow. And I thought, I don't want to miss out on my beautiful God-given life because I am so busy preparing for the worst. Why is it, you say that joy is the most vulnerable feeling we can feel. Yeah. Why is it that when we, when we have joy, when we, something goes really well and we're elated and we're like from the inside bubbling up that then we're quick to shift to this can't stay, or Mm -hmm. this is going to, now that I'm this high, that means I have to come, the other shoe has to fall. Mm -hmm. What, what is that? Yeah. When you hold something like you do with joy, when you get excited about something, you're, you're kind Mm -hmm. of holding that gift, if you will, in your hands. And that automatically is accompanied by the possibility of disappointment and loss Mm -hmm. just in that Mm -hmm. act of, of holding. And so a lot of us protect ourselves from that vulnerability with pessimism Mm -hmm. and cynicism, We Mm -hmm. think that if we anticipate that disappointment or despair, that it will somehow hurt less if it comes. Gosh. Um, And the research is really clear that that does not work at all. (laughs) If if the pain should come down the line, it will not be lessened because you tried to make yourself ready for it. Wow. What you will protect yourself from is a lot of delight in the process of enjoying that gift prior to. So really we have nothing to lose <laughs> or nothing to gain with pessimism and, and cynicism. What do we do? What would you tell someone in your, in your uh, treatment or care mm-hmm. to battle that, or to be able to have the joy without the fear of loss or the fear of the shoe drop? What, what can we do? And I mean, you know, you know uh, think philosophy or in psychology, but also practically. Yeah. No, I think the practices are really important with mm-hmm. this topic. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I often say that truth helps us, um, it is a turning point toward uh, healing and, and new ways of thinking and, and doing, but it's the practices that help us embody that truth. Yeah. And so actually yes. the last if this is a question that interests you, the last third of my book yeah. uh, gets very, very, very practical. Um, but with this mm-hmm. particular question in terms of how we tolerate the vulnerability mm-hmm. of joy, uh, Thanksgiving 
is the best practice to help us Mm. stay in the arena Mm -hmm. when it comes to Mm -hmm. um, tolerating joy. And we talk a lot about gratitude Mm. and gratitude. I'm so glad that's become a more common conversation in our culture. It does help us notice and name. So all of a sudden our gaze is, is lifted and we're scanning our environment for what is good. The naming helps us put a structure around it that we can actually carry it forward. Mm-hmm. And the research is clear. It does increase our joy. Mm-hmm. What we don't often talk about is that Thanksgiving, actually expressing that, that gratitude that we feel, doubles the joy that we glean from gratitude. Wait, say that again. So when I am grateful, I double grateful. <laughs> so differentiating between Thanksgiving and gratitude. So okay, gratitude would that. be gratitude would be um, more of a feeling. It's a felt experience, mm-hmm. or or maybe it's a practice of. I know a lot of people have gratitude jars or a gratitude journal where they, where they write down, you know, three things at the end of the day that they were mm-hmm. grateful for, or maybe they start their day with that. Um, Thanksgiving is actually expressing it. So when we ah. hang up this call. Um, there is a difference between me feeling grateful for you as my friend in my heart and even writing that down and me sending you an email and saying, I just need you to know the difference that your friendship makes in my life. Or if we lived in the same state, sitting down for coffee and saying, here's why my life is better because you're in it. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Because it's a shared experience and you're verbalizing it um, and it cements that gratitude and deepens it. And the research says doubles the joy that we would get had we simply felt that in our hearts. Doubles the joy of gratitude. Yes. So, okay, here's what I see for everyone listening. Gratitude is for me. And Thanksgiving is for you. And when Thanksgiving goes out for that's mm-hmm. expression of what I'm grateful for, then it returns back to me and feeds the initial gratitude measure. Yes, of, it's of level. cyclical. Yeah. It's cyclical because you're sharing it with another person. It's our way of huh. celebrating the gift with the giver, um, whether that's a friendship or you know, I do this with God and my prayers. It's, I think we're Mm -hmm. much more clear on how to engage with God in our suffering when we're so aware of our need. Yeah. Um, and I love this as a way of engaging with him in the light of our joy. Um, it connects us to other people or to God. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that is a practice actually articulating the gratitude that you feel, um, that really helps us tolerate the vulnerability of joy, but also increase the joy in the life that we're already living. Mm. What made you go after this topic? What, give me a story of your life or something where this became something you've lived through. Yeah. Um, my, my own season of suffering, you know, looked like a lot of transition, a lot of unwanted uh, moves and starting over. And mm-hmm. uh, it ended up being the best gift um, 
in the in the midst of that and at the end of that season, but it was really painful at the time. Mm. Uh, infertility and, and multiple pregnancy mm-hmm. loss is um, a huge mm-hmm. part of our story. We have a medical mm-hmm. diagnosis that gives me a 66% chance of loss when I mm-hmm. get pregnant. Um, mm-hmm. And so just wrestling with that reality um, mm-hmm. and, and knowing that those are the statistics going in and wrestling with hope. But I think um, there, there was no overnight story, um, Mm -hmm. except for where the title came from. And I'll share that in a minute, but I think I was really grieved over time with how much I was losing, just not engaging with the life that I had. Yeah. And I thought, gosh, what does neuroscience say about Mm -hmm. celebration? What mm-hmm. does scripture say about celebration? It mm-hmm. can't be true that the only time we grow and change is in the deep valley of sorrow. Yeah. Um, that God has to be actively working in our lives through joy too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, simultaneously, of course, I'm, I'm counseling, I'm a therapist and I'm counseling during the pandemic mm-hmm. and I kept hearing these hesitancies to celebrate in my practice. Mm. Um, Mm. And there are five main reasons we're hesitant to celebrate. The first is that we um, have misbranded celebration as either a reward for an accomplishment or a reaction to good news. Wow. Instead of being a rhythm that's available to us that helps yes. us cultivate joy. Yes. And so we think, especially these last two years, I heard this over and over. I'm perfectly willing to celebrate. I just don't have a reason to celebrate. Wow. <laughs> um, and, and a lot of us think we have to wait for that. Yeah. Um, the yeah. second is that we are um, unsure of how to reconcile our our invitation to celebrate with our value of humility. We see those Mm. as competing forces. Mm. Um, The third is, you know, obviously we're all walking different kinds of seasons in different times. Mm. And um, we're not sure how to celebrate when we're aware that so many people are hurting. How do we mourn with those who mourn and, and also rejoice? Yes. Um, Another one is that we have really grown and and gotten close to God in our season of suffering, and we're not sure what it looks like to connect with God deeply in the light of our joy, and we're afraid of losing that that depth and that closeness with either other loved ones or with God if we're to really embrace that joy. Yeah, yeah. Why the title then? What if it's wonderful? Where'd that come from? Yeah, I was sitting in um, my friend's kitchen and mm-hmm. I actually tell this story in in chapter one, but I was just really feeling uh, hopeless and nervous about all the unknowns that I was facing, wondering mm-hmm. if hope was even a good idea, what the point mm-hmm. of it was. And she's a safe friend to really Mm-hmm. say what you're afraid to say out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And she was encouraging me through that. And all of a sudden I'd sat in her kitchen many times before, yeah. um, but I had never noticed this cute little wooden sign above her kitchen window that said, what if it's actually going to be okay? Gosh. And 
I I read that out loud. It just interrupted this really painful line of thinking and speaking that I was spewing in her kitchen. And she looked at me and said, oh, honey, what if it's wonderful? And that just became such a sweet um, question that interrupts how I so often think. Yep. Um, and, And usually I actually love that you love the two words, what if, because Uh most of the time, what if questions are, what if I fail? What if I'm rejected? You know, uh, they tend to be fear driven. And so this one is obviously meant to interrupt all our other kinds of what if. Yes. Yes. It makes me think of scripture in Deuteronomy when it's when God says, I set before you life or death, choose. Mm. Do we want to think which one do you want that will yeah. is this something that is for life for me or is this against me? Mm-hmm. That's and, and that's a neuroscience thing. Let's talk a little bit. What do you talk about neuroscience at all in any way in the a book? Lot. The, let's give you know you got the audience for it. Tell us about neuroscience <laughs> and joy. Yes, you and I share this passion. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, you know, as as you're probably familiar, left on neutral, the brain leans negative. And yeah. there's a few dynamics going on in the brain that contribute to this. The first is the hedonic treadmill, uh, which basically means our brain rapidly adapts to joy. So what's new and exciting and maybe the gift or the news that you thought would make you want for nothing else Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. quickly fades into the background Mm -hmm. of everyday life. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And then second uh, is something that you're probably familiar with if you're passionate about this as well, but it's worth mentioning. Painful information is just stickier in our brains than joyful information. And what that means practically for celebration is that as you go about your day, your brain is dismissing moments of joy and delight Mm. as unimportant and not worth hanging on to. So you have to be intentional, don't you? Oh, yeah. You got to like be a a fly, I feel like the glue strip for just attracting it, trying to stick it to you as much as possible. Exactly. And we can talk about my favorite practice for being intentional in a second. I love that. Yeah. The third dynamic is this awful habit we have (laughs) as human beings of telling our joy how it can be improved upon. Oh my gosh. I know. Dong. Yeah. Yeah. So I always give the example of if you're giving a presentation and you feel really good about your delivery, you feel like you're connecting, you're seeing Stop a lot it. of nods and smiles, say. you know, you know where I've I'm going. Done this. Um, and you feel great about your content and maybe you get a few compliments on your way back to your seat when you're finished and you sit down and you think, it would have been better if I told that story (laughs) or Or they said I was a good speaker. They didn't say I was a great speaker. Oh, God bless. Yes. Okay. So we, we tend to find ways even with a beautiful compliment or or opportunity deflecting it to make it better. Wow. Yep. Okay. Go back to your intentional practice of joy. Yes, this is my favorite one. It feels a little bit like picking a favorite child, but if I had to pick a favorite practice, this is up there because it's a great on-ramp 
uh, if you're looking to incorporate small practices of celebration in your day. And it's a great counter to all the dynamics in the brain that I just mentioned. Okay. And it's called savoring. Mm -hmm. And what savoring does is Mm. it celebrates the ordinary. Mm-hmm. And the way that you practice this is you just take a snapshot from your day. I like to practice it in the present. Some people like to practice it as a reflective exercise on their day. Mm-hmm. But you just take one snapshot, make it small. Like mm-hmm. I had a friend who is raising four teenagers and just the fact that her family of six was sitting at the dinner table at the same time was something that she wanted to savor. Savor, yeah. Um, and you just ask your five traditional senses what they're going to remember about that moment. Mm. So what do you see? Mm. What do you hear? Mm. What do you smell? What do you taste? And what do you feel? And that captures that moment, celebrates it, Wow. In a way that you can actually carry it forward and recall it later. I am stealing this from you. We are about <laughs> to, we're about to head to our first retreat in person in two and a half Ooh. years. And we have about a hundred of us headed up to this place we haven't been to. It's just heaven on earth. I'm going to use this at the end because oh. what happens, people go through this big thing, right? It's a big, you know, what God does and when we pull away and I mean, like when we went to our retreat together, right? We're yes. Like, oh, gosh, I need to see, I need to hold on to this. I need to remember yep. this, right? But I yes. love that. I'm going to be intentional to put them through that. Just It is the simplest, this. easiest thing to do that you, and what I love about it when we think of celebration is, like I said, we tend to think of it as a reward or a reaction. This is how we can proactively practice celebration in a way that helps us glean more joy from the life we're already living instead of feeling Mm -hmm. like something has to change. And so that would be a perfect thing to do for the high of a retreat, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. for people to carry that forward Mm -hmm. um, and revisit when they're mm-hmm. back in their everyday lives, it mm-hmm. has made the biggest difference for me combating my fear of disappointment, so um, dissatisfaction, yep. comparison. Could have been better. Yeah. Yep. All of that comparison to somebody else. Like, let me savor what is what God is doing in my life. Do you do this every day? Do you try to find something every day? Mm-hmm. I do. Maybe even multiple times a day if it's hard to. What has anything happened today? Can you tell me something you savored today or maybe yesterday? anything come to mind? Yeah. Um, I have a 15 month old daughter. Yeah. And I just, I I know it's going to go by quick. Um, Uh and they change so much at that age. Um, Mm -hmm. and the changes are really noticeable really quick. And so I am just savoring that that quiet moment before I put her down for a nap or for bed at night mm. and, you know, feeling her little peach fuzz. She has no hair um, <laughs> under my, <laughs> my, under my chin the mm-hmm. and the weight of her on my chest and the the mm, sound smell. of her little snuggle swords, that smell that why, oh. why can't we figure out how to bottle that? That's, that smell. Uh, yep. It's the best. And mm-hmm. um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, usually stale coffee in my mouth. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what you're tasting. Yeah. 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 And then just, you know, looking at her little limp body on my chest um, and, wow. and the light of the dim light of the room. Um, and what I, what's really cool about that is we tend to rely so heavily on our sight because sight, it's yeah. what's most obvious. obvious yeah. But even even um, highlighting the taste in that moment, yeah, it really cements that memory. Yeah. Than if I had just kind of said, "Click, I want to remember this." <laughs> um, That's good. And I the other thing I love about it is we're so focused on capturing everything on our phones. And did that moment huh. even happen if I didn't post about it? And yep. this is a much more present practice. Yes. Of, savoring our lives every year. Well, now with now COVID lifting, praise Jesus. Um, <laughs> we take people across the grand Canyon in one day when it's something called rim to him. Did I tell you about that rim to no, him? But I want to come. You should come <laughs> and married couple, married people come friends, best friends come people come and it's delightful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, that's an experience again, revelation wellness. We do try to help people get in their bodies and get a new perspective yep. of some way so that it's not so small thinking and, and, and experiencing. So every time we take people from down to the bottom of the Canyon, I mean, just the grand Canyon itself, you're in the grand Canyon. Yeah. We have this moment where they cross from the South side to the North side of the Canyon via a really cool, um, bridge over the Colorado river. And that's the only way everyone, you that's the only way across one side. You have to cross this big, huge, I guess it was a trestle bridge or something that, you know, hanging metal bridge and it never fails. I always see people getting out their cameras and they're like trying to like afford the crossing over. And I'm like, you guys go back and do it again with no camera Yeah, and just see it. It'll never look the same again on your camera. It will never right. capture the moment that your neurons and your brain and your cellular structure needs than if you're just looking through a camera trying to capture yes. this tiny little whatever three by five space versus take it in yeah. because this is the moment. This is this is why you're here. Yeah, the magnitude funny. of that. Yeah, it's just so funny how we think if we didn't capture it, it didn't happen instead of so it's yeah. happening right now as you're doing it. But I love and and feel free to share it with that group. I I'm going the, to. The I'm, I'm going to use it in everything, every <laughs> moments of Rev when we have these epic, Aww. like, look and see that yeah. God is good. You are good. His design is good. What if it's wonderful? I love yeah. the title of the book and the fact that there's confetti on it because you know mm. I have like a real obsession with confetti. You know, that, I did right? not know that. That is Girl, good to know. I have, I, we have popped off more confetti cannons in Revelation Wellness than anyone should have the right to. And I have told my staff, listen, when you bury me, put all, <laughs> just bury me in confetti, put it in my <gasps> coffin, just shove a bunch of it in the coffin because it is wonderful. It I is wonderful. That. Oh my gosh. Oh, so many questions. I want to ask you one more before you go. You wrote, I'm learning to write more exclamation points in my life. Does that have to do with the savoring? Yeah. Um, in, in many ways. And I think that's the on-ramp to the exclamation point way of, of living. Um, and, and Thanksgiving is a part of that too. Yeah. Um, you know, all the ritual and, and finding, um, 
ways to celebrate because it's time, yeah. not because um, you're waiting for a reason. You know, yeah. one of the most powerful things I realized as I was rifling through the Old Testament, looking at mm -hmm. all those celebrations that are so outlined in detail mm -hmm. so beautifully is the Israelites celebrated because it was time to do so, not because wow. it was convenient or mm -hmm. they had accomplished something amazing, but mm -hmm. because it was time. And, mm -hmm. and that keeps us really anchored in remembering God's faithfulness in our story instead of mm -hmm. limiting celebration to our own goodness. Um, certainly that's part of celebration is, is celebrating those accomplishments and milestones. And I think it's important that we yeah. celebrate points of progress. Yeah. Um, but it's so much bigger than I ever realized, yeah. um, yeah. before writing this book. Does this book change you? Oh my gosh. And, and is continuing to do so. so um, I'm still surprised. I, I think you'll appreciate this. I think, you know, the practices are really yes. helping me yes. embody truth that I talk about yes. as a therapist all the time. Yes. Um, but actually getting in my body and yes. practicing that celebration yes. is changing the way that I trust the truth. That's so true. The practices, what's one thing to have a belief, we can believe yep. in the, you know, faith, our faith in Christ, but it has to, he says, follow me, mm -hmm. not believe in me. Jesus says, follow me and following yeah. is feet required and feet yep. means I practice. I, I have to do something with this information and putting it in these practices, which you're so good. You, where's your practice at, by the way? Uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, just outside New York. Okay. So any of you near Greenwich, Connecticut, I'm sure you're like booked right now, right? I've heard everyone in the it's mental health. It's been a full season for sure. But if, if you're in the state of Connecticut, feel free to reach oh, out. Oh, you're lucky ducks. <laughs> Thank you. Who are over there. Am I going to see you again in uh, the next year? I hope so. I hope, hope so. so. I'm going. I'm going again to the same retreat. I don't know if you are. Going. You are. Oh, maybe I'll go then. Come on, come or come rim to him with us. Do something with me because I miss you. Yeah, I miss you too, friend. Are you, um, I want to know one more. I have three questions of rapid fire questions, but I do have one big question. I feel like the Holy Spirit's asked. I want to know what is the Lord teaching you in this season right now? Mm. You know, I had to kind of take an honest look at my fear of disappointment. Um, yeah. in writing and, and releasing this book. And because, you know, celebration uh, really targets that fear of disappointment. Yeah. And so I, I really felt convicted that this is a, a big thing that I wrestle with in my life. And it just, God showed me that, yeah, some of the disappointment comes from a no or a missed opportunity mm. or something not going, you know, the provision being different than my vision. Yeah. But a lot of the disappointment that I experience in my life is because I've expected more joy from the gift than it was meant to give. Woo. Yeah. Um, so what sits so at the true. center of our affection will determine the satiation of our joy. There it is. There it and is. And you and I both know that nothing belongs at the center other than the person and presence of yeah. Jesus. And 
there are a lot of gifts in my life that need to be moved off center on a regular come basis. Come on, girl, preach. So but you should come back and do a whole podcast on that. Uh, I'd be right? happy to. That, that is the work. That's the real work. I will preach from the mud pit on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I realized, you know, a lot of this is because the the really good things in my life that, that no yeah. one would look at and think, oh, you shouldn't celebrate that or those yeah. aren't good. They're just standing awkwardly in the wrong position of my heart. And mm. we're going to feel that. Yeah. Um, we're going to feel the angst and the dissatisfaction and the disappointment when the glitter flakes off that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, I, I'm a hard worker. I go after things really with, with everything I've got. And I do think mm-hmm. that that is a dark side of the gift that I need to watch mm-hmm. out for is mm-hmm. as I invest time and effort and even financial resources into yep. a dream, it it can easily move that gift too close yeah. to the center of my heart. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength and yes. in his presence is fullness of joy, fullness of life. Jesus came that we would have a life abundantly lived full all the time. It is Jesus. It is this recentering back to, I already have the gift. I yep. have everything. Everything else is just the icing on top of this amazing life that I've been given in Christ. And that is, that is the work that I feel like that is always the work of seek first the kingdom, all these other things, book deals, book results, children yeah. growing the way you want, financial, all whatever it is, mm-hmm. it all will line itself up. But I feel like that is my practice now really delighting myself in the Lord and every day and taking time in my day to delight myself in the Lord. So maybe you, what you work with your savoring, I find, I just try to find moments to savor him. Like, yeah, where are you right now? Oh, in the trees. I see the bird, like whatever it is yeah. a good song. I mm-hmm. just delight in him and savor him. And I think I feel, I mean, I'm 51 and my joy is greater than it's ever been. And I go, God, you're funny. You give me the most amount of joy in my life when my body is starting to fall apart, when I don't have the strength like I once had or the energy I'm in bed by eight 30 every night. Like, yeah, it's just crazy, but it's that whole outwardly we're fading away, but inwardly he's renewing and giving us fullness of life. I've, I've often said to friends, like, I really hope like when it's my time to go to Jesus, that there's so little of me in the flesh left that it's not a big crossing over. Mm. Like I'm just already that stuff has fallen off of me that yeah. it's like, oh, this, I'm kind of the same person here as I was yeah. there. Cause I worked it all out here. Well, I know? see it in you. I, oh. I think you practice everything you just said and you're, you're so right. I don't like to make promises I can't keep, but I always say when you celebrate God, you mm. will experience joy. Totally. There's not a lot of formulas we have in this life, but that Amen. is one. That is one. <laughs> I love you. That's yeah. why I love you. You are my sister from another mister with mm, the counseling same. and all the things that I need in my life to help me practice. Mm. So, all right. Three, three rapid fire questions. Ready? All right. I'm ready. Uh, coffee, tea, or kombucha? What's your go-to? Coffee. Your coffee girl. How many cups a day? Mm, probably too many. <laughs> um, I don't like to come clean on that. Yeah, I would say two, maybe three. Okay. All right. 
Um, no judgment. You do. Yep. You. Um, <laughs> favorite way to move your body? Walking or Pilates. Yeah. Oh, you're a Pilates girl. Mm-hmm. Pilates is slow death to me. Just yep. My, my best friend here too. She needs to be like sweating and jumping around. I don't around. need to be <laughs> jumping around, but I need to be moving. I need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of walk, a- walking outside is definitely does something emotionally that, that Pilates yeah. on a mat does not do. do. Yeah. And your favorite, um, athletic wear. Oh, good question. Right. Um, like in terms of brand. Yeah. Like where do you get it? Where do you shop? Where do you find it? What's your like? Really oh, cause sometimes like a- people are like, yeah, I found this great. Yeah, it's a it's a little pricey, um, but I do. Yeah. They get they get the most uh, wares in my totally. closet. It's a brand called Sweaty Betty. Oh yeah, um, and I just find myself reaching for. I have I only have like three or four pieces, but yeah, I find myself reaching for those over and over again. Over, I, I'll I say any day you're better off with one quality pair. Yep, maybe two, so you can wash them with the of day. leggings. Yeah, and yeah, and they're black, and they like feel like butter, or they hold yep. together, and you're not worried about them slat, you know, getting saggy. Totally, no, it makes a difference. Yep, I'm a big believer. All right, you guys, you can get Nicole's book on Amazon right now. What if it's wonderful? Release your fears, choose joy, and find the courage to celebrate. And you also have your other book. I'm sure just go to Amazon and you'll find yeah, it from two books. Are you working yep. on another one now? Where are we? You know, there might be some uh, further exploration of celebration. Um, and yeah, we're going to wait and see what, what God, I won't write anything God doesn't ask me to. So Amen. I'm, I'm waiting for him to speak to me. <laughs> well, <laughs> until me then, next. you go enjoy that baby of yours and smell them and, and yes. inhale it because those are good years. I've got big babies. My babies aren't babies anymore. They'll go fast. Yeah, they're always right. be your babies in some way. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. All right, friend, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you for having me always. Hey, thanks for listening today, friends. Before you go, be sure to click on the link in the show notes where you will find all of the information you need if you're interested in getting signed up for our Reconnect Marriage Retreat. And also before you go, make sure to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already and consider leaving a review. Your reviews help us spread the good news of the gospel through this podcast to the ends of the earth. Be blessed and we will see you soon in all the places.